welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. And uh, welcome to, well, two things. Welcome to a World Cup free zone. We're, we're having none of that. Um, and uh, welcome to Man Flu Central. Not for me, but for, for Dom, who's a bit a bit poorly. You're not, you're not feeling so good, are you? I felt better, but I'm feeling better inside for speaking and talking to you, James, and for being oh. here. And, you know, I, I just couldn't miss the opportunity to get on the Wednesday love train at the minute and getting ready for to get that promotion bunting out and balloons and celebrations that are coming our way over the next six months or so. So, yes. It's obviously, it's, it's been a while since we last recorded and we, we alluded to this on, on the last podcast in terms of the fact that I was out of the country for a couple of weeks, then you were out of the country for um, for a week. So it's been a longer uh, gap between um, episodes. And when we last recorded, there was a there was a bit of a wobble, wasn't there? Wednesday had, you know, kind of a, a, a bit of a, a revert back to those defensive lapses in concentration, giving away silly goals. Since then, it's been much, much better. Um, and actually, I think uh, potentially only con- have we only conceded one goal since um, since we last recorded. I can't remember, but anyway, um, we've we've had so we've had a couple of cup games, um, and then uh, most recently a couple of league games. Let's talk about the the cups, but we'll, I don't think we'll dwell on this too much because it's 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 a while ago. But Morecambe, it wasn't the kind of super attractive first round game that we wanted. Don't think it's the draw they would have wanted. Probably not the draw that we wanted either um but you know what the the team did its job didn't it you know getting that 2-0 win getting through to the second round I mean you know that's uh, again probably not the draw that uh that, that we were hoping for in getting Mansfield but you know it's it's a it's a home game and we'll we'll talk more about forthcoming fixtures in um in a bit but sum it up as being it's just it was a case of getting the job done it was, and um, they were very professional, I thought, about it. Grey goal from Josh Windass, uh, and uh, it was Alex Mighton's best performance in a Wednesday shirt, and he, which he capped with a goal too. So, you know, I think, I mean, Mighton's performance, it was, I know it was a few weeks ago now, uh, but yeah, that I mean, that was the big positive, and he has kicked on, and we're finally starting to see what Alex Mighton... Uh, is all about, and uh, you know, I think um, you know Morecambe didn't come actually I, I, to park the bus. They, they had, they did have a go, uh, but yeah, you know, it was important for Windass, um, you know, to, to to score as he'd gone a little while without a goal, uh, and again that gave him a nice confidence booster. And as you say, uh, you know, they got through to the second round. It's prize money. And they've got a very winnable tie. I know that we're that we're going to come on to in a bit, and so you know, I think all in all, uh, yeah, Morecambe went pretty much according to plan. Yeah, I don't think there can be any complaints there. Um, then uh, the following uh, Wednesday night, off to Southampton. Now, I think we both said that this was a bit of a nightmare draw in terms of the fact that it's a long journey. It kind of felt like the sort of game that you just think, well. Doesn't it doesn't feel like a game we're likely to kind of get anything out of, and in fact, it could go really quite badly. Um, I mean, they knocked us out, but it really wasn't anything like the game that we were expecting. Oh, there were loads of positives. You know, I I, I thought that that was up there with one of Wednesday's top displays of the season for me. You know, to go to 
okay, a struggling Premier League side, but huge statement of intent from Darren Moore. They went with a strong team. Yeah, I've got to say and admit, it, it was stronger than I expected it to be. And in that first half, Wednesday bossed it, took the lead through Windass, should have scored more. And and I think actually, if if there is one criticism still of the Sheffield Wednesday team right now, and they're getting loads of praise, loads of accolades, as they should, they're third in the table, in second round of the FA Cup, they came mighty close to getting to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup, but it's still that ruthlessness in the final third where, uh, you know, especially in League One, there's been quite a few matches where Wednesday they're creating, you're talking 15 to 20 odd chances a match, but you'd like them to work the goalkeeper more or when they get into those decisive areas that they've got to be clinical as a team. And um, it's great that the goals are getting spread around. You know, I think they've had 14 different scorers in the league, James. And, you know, that is some going. And, um, you know, they haven't got anyone who is running away with uh, sort of the golden boot right now for Sheffield Wednesday. And, um, they, they, you know, they can hurt teams in lots of ways. And they were mighty lucky at Southampton. You know, they gave such a good account of themselves. And uh, and I think the only slight concern was then they played Southampton on the Wednesday, the quick turnaround to go to Accrington on the Saturday. Accrington, clearly, way more important in the bigger picture. Uh, and Darren Moore... You know, the proof was in the pudding that he got, you know, sort of the managing of his resources absolutely spot on, didn't he, really? That, you know, OK, they, they went out of the cup, but they got the result at Accrington. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm going to kind of group together these two league games because, um, you know, we, we've we've seen, I, I think I saw a stat uh, a, a couple of weeks ago that... Uh, other than Arsenal and Manchester City, uh, obviously in the Premier League, Wednesday have the best goal difference um, of any team in the top four divisions. So, you know, kind of giving teams a bit of a hiding, scoring uh, scoring goals, um, you know, has been, has been a theme of the season. So to have a couple of games where, you know, they were, they were tight victories um, is... That feels quite significant because it's, you know, we, we've talked many times on this podcast about, you know, how you get out of a division like this is, is different ways of winning football matches, right? It, any kind of vision of the idea that Wednesday are going to just blow everyone away and win every game 5-0 is, is nonsense. And some of them are going to be tight and some of them are going to be a bit scrappy and a bit messy. And you might even come away from some games thinking kind of got away with one there that's that's what promotion is about for me anyway um, and I think we've seen a couple of examples of, of that now you you obviously were at the Accrington um, game tell tell us kind of a bit about that uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't a classic I think is, <laughs> is the best way to sum Accrington up and uh, it was a bit different to the the last time they went there when they blew them away in the first 20 minutes or so and grinding it out that's what this Wednesday team are doing when they're not always playing the free-flowing football um, that maybe, you know, I think fans would like to see see more of. Um, but I think we would have criticised them last season for going to places like an Accrington and dropping points 
or, or when they've got the noses in front, they've not been able to see the game out. But the game management is a lot better this season. And I think that stems from the summer recruitment, really good additions of serial promotion winners in David Stockdale, Michael Heckler, Michael Smith, players who've been around the block, know this league inside out. Will Vokes drops down from the championship and, you know, he came in against Accrington, did his job, did what he was there to do in midfield, broke things up, kept things simple. And, yeah, you know, Mighton, um, you know, when you look at the goal, I think the goalkeeper should have done a lot better. Uh, but it was no surprise, really, that Barry Bannon was influential in it. Great ball into the box, chest down from, from Smith. And Smith's the goals aren't flying in for him. And, you know, I would be pointing the finger and saying, Joe, you know Smith and Gregory, between them, I think they should have scored another five to ten goals this season. They've, they've missed a lot of chances. And, uh, you, you know, you would like to think that in the second half of the season that, you know, they will have their shooting boots on more often than not and they start converting those. And if they do, watch out the rest of League One as you drink your uh, cup of tea. Sorry. There. <laughs> <laughs> you, you caught me out there. I didn't think you were about to finish. Um that, that's uh, it's a point I want to come back to this point about um, strikers scoring goals because Darren Moore's been talking about it. We, we, we're going to come back to that and, and, and talk about um, that. Let's let's move on to uh, weekend just gone Shrewsbury. So there's kind of a big thing made before the the game. A few people making the point of the fact that last season we only take one point from uh, six against um, Shrewsbury, and 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 that obviously you know. It, it, it cost us, you know, kind of those those teams where you you look at it going if you if you're going to go up, you've got to be taking really maximum points from, um, certainly at home. So it was a game where it kind of felt like it was a good kind of representation of you know how much different is the Sheffield Wednesday team of this season to to last season. Um, it uh, yeah, a, another game where you, you certainly can't call it a vintage Sheffield Wednesday performance. A lot of people saying, you know, Shrewsbury would not have, um, it, it would not have been undeserving for them to get something out of that that game. We don't care about that because you know it's it's about getting the points, even when the performance isn't quite up to scratch. And that happened again. Now, there's there's a slight worry here, isn't there? You know, a couple of games where maybe the performance hasn't been fantastic. Getting the wins, great. That's fantastic. That's what you want. Ideally, you want both, don't you? Um, but you, you've you, you, you've got to take you know you you will take a one nil home win against Shrewsbury every day of the week. We should have started a hashtag weeks ago of this is the type of match that Sheffield Wednesday would have drawn or lost last season. Um, I, I feel like that's been a common theme and a big talking point amongst the Wednesday fans, you know, from the get go, uh, and it, and it's true and. Shrewsbury, I, you know, I wasn't there, but from speaking to people who were, and you know, you you, you look at the highlights and the, the general commentary, the consensus is that Wednesday should have been outside at half time, created plenty of chances. They had a big one in the second half with Barry Bannon. If that goes in two 0 game over, and uh, you know they didn't close it out and so they had a very nervy last half an hour and so Accrington and certainly against Shrewsbury uh, 
they've made harder work of it than I think they should have done. I think would be a fair sort of uh, you know way of summing it up. I think that uh, for you know for Wednesday uh, that that last twenty minutes, half an hour, what we saw was people putting their bodies on the line, and yeah, Shrewsbury put them under the cosh more than I think most teams have done. Uh, certainly at Hillsborough this season. Um, and, you know, they went for it and Wednesday retreated, got a bit deeper. And so they invited Shrewsbury on and on another day they could have got punished. And so maybe they rode their luck a little bit. But, oh, yeah, I mean, they certainly deserved, I think, overall the three points. Um, you know, that they you know, should have scored more goals. And yeah, that's that's where we are right now. And that's quite a nice position to be in where we're, we're looking at it and there's 19 matches played, James. And you still think that there's more gears for this Sheffield Wednesday side to find. What what I like about it is that, you know, we, we could, you know, Wednesday have won those two games. So, you know, we're talking about it very positively. On on other days, right, we could be sat here talking about a couple of defeats. Um, so, you know, can can we almost class this as the wobble now? Wednesday have had that little bit of a wobble where performances haven't been great, not taking chances, but we still won the two the two games. Now, hopefully, what we see is you know performances after uh, you know without a game midweek. Um, hopefully, we see performances going in the other direction um and you know if 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 that is the little bit of a of a wobble where you know maybe last season or you know, any other day they, they they could have been those two kind of nightmare defeats that you don't want to that you don't want to see back to back but actually we've we've won them so you know that's what i'm kind of taking from it if if your performance isn't up to scratch but you're still winning games you, you're getting away with it a little bit that for me is kind of the definition of riding your luck which is so important if you're going to get promoted and the great thing is too that they've made up ground on the top two, so yeah, they were they were what a couple of weeks ago was it seven points behind Plymouth? Now it's three, only a point off Ipswich. And at the moment, the way things are shaping up, it does look like it's going to be a three way battle uh, for the top two. I, I still think that Wednesday will have another dip at some point in the season, and at that point. I think the key will be to not panic and to remember that they've already, I think, laid a really solid foundation to to have 40 points on the board now that averaging over the two points per game that we bang on about that they're going to need. And if they get that, then you would think they're going to finish in the automatic promotion places. And so they are right on course. They've still got some of the injured players to come back. I've no doubt they're going to do some business in January. Maybe not loads. I don't think they need loads. And I know we will talk maybe more about January in another pod later on down the line, but maybe one or two new faces, if that. But, you know, you look at all the summer signings, the only one that you could really turn around and say that hasn't put his hand up and contributed loads so far would be Malik Wilkes. Akin Femewo's been, you know, let's, let's park that one. He's been injured since his debut and, and he's nearly um, fit. And, you know, he's going to, you know, I think be available for selection in the next couple of weeks. That's another big boost for Wednesday. And 
it, you know, they seem now to have it nailed down for me, James, of that tactical versatility that Darren Moore wants and is a nightmare for fans, journalists, everybody. You don't know what team, when's they're going to play. You don't know how they're going to set up from one match to the next. But Wednesday are now starting to look, for me, more comfortable playing with a back three, then going to a back four. Whereas I think maybe six weeks, eight weeks ago, that was when I had serious reservations over their ability to do that. But at the moment, they are answering all the questions that are getting thrown at them. It's not quite Christmas yet, but I think it is fair for us to to take a look at the the table as you were saying. It is very much shaping up into a three headed, a three headed horse. Um, into a th- a three, a three horse. Where was I going with that? Into a three horse race. Uh, that, that's or, the that's the podcast episode there. Now that's the title, isn't it? The the three headed horse. <laughs> um, it is shaping up into a three headed horse, whatever that is. Um. And you know, some, again, some amazing stats. This might be a little bit out of date now. I think this, uh, I saw this a couple of weeks ago that this at this stage of the season last year, Wednesday would have been something like nine points clear at the top of the table with the number of of, of points that we've uh, that we've got already, um, or something daft like um, like that. It's a bit relentless up there, isn't it? Like there isn't anyone. You know, we've we've we we have seen both Ipswich and Plymouth drop points recently, but you know, Plymouth are proving themselves to be incredibly consistent now um, and are just winning game after game after game but you kind of feel like maybe with both of them that they've they've got a, a wobble to come I'm, I'm not sure either of them have got quite as much in terms of strength in depth as you as you kind of see within the Sheffield Wednesday team um, and I mean if it continues like this this is going to be a real old battle isn't it certainly for you know for the neutral as the saying goes this is going to be a, a cracking kind of um, three-way battle between these these three teams it could come down to the reverse fixtures of those teams you know when Wednesday have to go to Portman Road um, when they host Plymouth it, 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 those could be the fine margins that we're talking about oh then again it could just be if Wednesday carry on beating all the teams below them in the table, getting more points, um, you know, and keeping ahead and on track of the two points per game, then uh, that might be enough. And so I don't think it's pivotal that they improve their record against the top six. But I'm not saying it's going to define their season, but certainly I, I, I do expect them to um, do better in that department, you know, and. and I've said it from the start of the season that I think the way that this Wednesday team is set up, they're going to be even stronger in the second half of the season for me. I I, I, I just expect that the performances and that consistency level is going to go over, up another notch. And I think this Wednesday team will be able to handle the pressure moments that are going to come. It's going to be interesting come like first week of January, isn't it? Because uh, you know, as ever, a lot of football to be played over Christmas and New Year. It'd be very interesting to see what the situation looks like then, and, and whether it mirrors it now. I'd have said maybe a month or a couple of months ago that well, you know, things all things all change, and they kind of haven't. You know, it's those same three teams at the at the, at the top that so far everyone is kind of going the distance. So it's going to be it is going to be interesting to see what um what what things look like in um. In five or six weeks' time, and it um, should. Sorry, James, I was going to say it should suit Wednesday down to the ground too. That 
you look at the schedule now, having got through that sort of Southampton, Accrington period, it's one game a week. Darren Moore loves those. So he can really, uh, you know, put that, you know, the, the squad through the paces on the training ground. And, and, and this is it. There's no sort of, um, you know, need, I think, as much now for there to be huge sort of like squad rotation, you know, and, and I know that that's been a big thing for Darren Moore throughout the season, trying to keep players fresh as they're going to end up playing nearly 60 matches potentially. So, yeah, um, and, and you look at it, for Maywo isn't far off, Dennis Adenaran's maybe a couple of weeks off, okay, Ben Hennigan's out for the rest of the season. Dominic for Josh Windass, hopefully, you know, it's not too bad with them. They got uh, knocks, didn't they, against Shrewsbury, you know, with a bit of luck. There's nothing too serious with those. Uh, but generally, I mean, that's pretty healthy. And you have to say that it's the best Wednesday looked injury-wise in years. And so what they're doing down at Middlewood Road um, in their sort of player welfare, managing the players' workloads, it's working right now, you would have to say. And, uh, you know, I think that's where you have to give plenty of credit to Darren Moore and the coaching staff for that turnaround. I I like the way we class it as being like, this is the the least bad season for for many years in terms of uh, injuries. And it's still not been brilliant, but it's nowhere near as bad as we've had in the in the past. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a little win, isn't it? Um let's look at fixtures coming up. We touched on this earlier then. Mansfield in the FA Cup on um Saturday. Now l- let's be realistic about this. You know, the the magic of the cup is very much still there, isn't it? Um but you know, for me, realistically, um, it, it's this season is of you know, it, it, there's one goal this season, and that is promotion. Nothing else really, really matters. It's going to obviously be nice to make it through to the third round of the FA Cup. This is almost a bit of a free hit, isn't it? If Wednesday do go out of the cup this weekend, it'll be disappointing. Not the end of the world. End of the world is not getting promoted at the end of the of the season. Um, so you know, it, it perhaps does give. Um, it gives Darren Moore that opportunity to rest the players that might need a, a rest, give them a full two-week break before the next um, league game. You know, those players that have got niggles that we talked about there, it's fine. They can sit this one um, sit this one out. You'd also like to think that, you know, if we do leave out a few of those, you know, what you class as being regular, you know, first name on the team sheet type players, there's still enough strength in depth there, isn't there, to be able to go out and should, you know, really be able to go out and beat Mansfield. Definitely. Whatever 11 Darren Moore goes with on Saturday, that team should be more than good enough to beat Mansfield. Uh, yeah, it's important to remember that, I mean, Mansfield, they're having a decent season in League Two. They're eighth, mm-hmm. um, but they're coming into this one. They, they got spanked at Harrogate 3-0 last weekend. Um, they're managed by a certain Nigel Clough, who many, many years ago had a loan spell, didn't he, with Wednesday? And um, and we know all about his Sheffield United connections too, for that matter. So I'm sure he'll get a, an interesting reception at the weekend. But yeah, all right. I think Darren Moore might approach it and go, Malik Wilkes, maybe he needs to start. Liam Palmer had that ear infection where he was missing for a few matches. And um, may, maybe he might chuck a youngster or two in or give them game time, James. You know, I think from, uh, ideally, from a Wednesday perspective, you're looking at it and going, wouldn't it be great if they're 3-0 up, for, you know, after an hour, 
got the job done, and then you can start making wholesale changes from the bench, yep. and you can rest players, and maybe give a I don't know a Rio Shipston who was on the bench uh, against Shrewsbury. Um, you know, he's made his debut earlier in the season, but give him some game time. You know, he's really impressing everyone. I think um, behind the scenes, Bailey Kadamatri, perhaps. You know, while I'm on the subjects of youngsters, great to see um, them reach the FA Youth Cup third round. They beat Derby yeah. the other day at Hillsborough. Um, 1-0, Sean Vigier. Um, He's another player that they're in contract talks with and I think he's a good prospect. And and there, there are you know, three or four academy players that I think are knocking on the door. You know, if, if Wednesday didn't have the ridiculous strength in depth, that they've got, then I think maybe some of these players would have had more game time than, than what they've had so far this season. But yeah, and, and of course, get through, wouldn't it be great to have a glamour home tie against the Premier League big boy in um, in January? You know, full yeah. house at Hillsborough, not had that for a while. You know, you're going back to, you know, Sunderland in the playoffs was 32, 33,000. So yeah, wouldn't it be Amazing to get, I don't know, you know, a Man United or or Spurs, or even to get them away from home. You know, be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you could imagine Wednesday's taking a huge allocation to Spurs or or West Ham or Chelsea. You know, they'd fill out the away end six, seven thousand Wednesday fans. You know, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? Spurs away. That's what we want. Spurs away. Um, you mentioned in there about the youngsters um, beating Derby. Speaking of beating Derby, uh, next league game for Wednesday then comes on the 3rd of December. You'll have had your third chocolate out of your little advent calendar, Dom. Um, and, uh, you know, that is... Derby, obviously, a, a, a weird times for them at the, at the moment. Awful season for them last season. Been a really torrid couple of years, really, altogether for, for Derby. But actually, they're kind of finding their feet, aren't they, in, in League One? Even though, you know, they're not up there challenging. You know, they're, they're probably not going to make a dent on that top three as it as it looks like now. This is never going to be a place that you go to and think, well, this is going to be a, a breeze, is it? It's always going to be a tough game. This is what you would pick. You know, if, you, if you sat down at the beginning of the season, you were looking for, you know, the glamour games of League One this season. Derby playing Sheffield Wednesday is right up there. Two teams that, you know, by rights have, have, have got, you know, a, a, a claim to being a top flight team in in waiting um so you know that's going to be a tough one followed then by a trip to exeter which is absolutely i don't think it's any easier two really big tough different but but really pivotal games coming up yeah absolutely and when you look at it you know wednesday's away record that is another thing they have seriously turned around this season and the amount of clean sheets they've kept on the road as well so impressive i think david stockdale is up to 10 um in the league so far this season so the way he's going he's going to absolutely smash the club record of 17 uh, you know, I think that's going to go this season without a shadow of a doubt. You know, Wednesday would have to fall off a cliff defensively for, for that not to happen. Um, but going back to Derby and Exeter, two teams inside the top 10. Derby will, will seriously be looking at they should be finishing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wednesday have an awful record at Derby as well. Historically, um, they have not done well there. And... It'll be the first time they've gone back, I don't want to mention it, since 
they got relegated. Um, yeah. so, so I just did. Sorry. Um, it would it'd be lovely for them to to get a result there. But you look at Derby, and I think they've got you know some some quality individuals at this level. David McGoldrick, Connor Hurran, James Collins. You know they've got a strong squad, Derby, and I think they're one of the teams that they're. Yeah, I'd be keeping a close eye on them. I, I think they're going to finish in the top six. You know, Paul Warns, terrific manager, great bloke, so likable, and uh, you know he knows his way around League One. He knows what it takes, and so I think he'll get it right. And yeah, Derby for me, I fancy them to finish in the top six. And Exeter, they're under new management, um, of course. Gary Coldwell recently has gone in there, and um, yeah, I, I must admit. They've surpassed my expectations. I didn't, you know, their first year back in um, in league, I didn't expect them to be doing as well as they have done. So, yeah, you've got to give them plenty of, of credit. You know, they lost their manager and Coldwell's come in and, you know, they seem, again, like he's just stabilised the ship and they've carried on. So, huge test for Wednesday. I, I'd be happy with three points. Uh, I don't know about you, James. I think I'd be happy with three points. But the way Wednesday are playing away from home, you know, they should be thinking, why not? Why, why can't we get six? We've got to be targeting that, haven't we? Um, of course, facing Derby does mean we'll be coming up against um, a few familiar faces. Uh, Joe Wildsmith, I think, left Sheffield Wednesday with the very best wishes of, of everyone associated with the um, the football club. Established himself very firmly as, as Derby's number one. Um, seven clean sheets this season. Good return for, for him. Um, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, of course, um, is also at Derby. I've got a friend who's a Derby fan, says he's had some really good performances this season. You imagine he'll raise his game if he's up against Wednesday. Um, David McGoldrick did have a loan spell at Wednesday uh, many moons ago, but is probably better known for his time at the other side of the um, city. I'm sure he'll be fired up for it as well. And as you mentioned, you know, Paul Warren obviously um, was... Um, you know, Rotherham manager for many, many years, got one up on Wednesday a few times and, um, you know, certainly I think he'll be he'll be fired up for it as well. So going to be an interesting one. A couple of things very quickly for us to touch on before we uh, before we wrap up. Um, you, you referred to this earlier on, so 14 different goal scorers this season. Darren Moore making the point that, you know, you talk about needing a 25 goal a season striker, don't you, for getting promoted. That's the traditional view that you've got to have that one player that scores a load of goals. The issue with, with that, and Darren Moore I think made this point very elegantly Frequently, is that if you've if you've got that player and for whatever reason you lose them, if they pick up an injury or someone comes, um, you know, uh, shopping around in in January, and you lose that player. It's really hard to replace them. So getting goals scored from all over the park, as you know, if, if if you are still scoring lots of goals, but they're coming from here, there, and everywhere, there's a real positive to that. I mean, 14 goal scorers over the course of it's not even half the season yet is 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 really impressive. I, I like the way that Darren Moore's thinking on this. I think it's it's true, isn't it? You know, we could lose any one of those 14 players that scored a goal. We're going to carry on scoring goals. And um, if you've got a, a 20, 25 goal a season striker and you lose them, it's devastating. It is, and uh, Wednesday are in a good place there. Yeah, and some people will look at it and go, "Oh, you know, we'd like someone to be getting close to twenty goals." You know, it's been so long since this club has had a twenty-goal striker, Neil Mellor, twenty eleven. But I look at it and think they could have four or five players come the end of the season that are in double figures 
Uh, and, and I think it's, it's a bit similar, actually, to Hull. I think a couple of years ago, you know, Mowat Wilkes was part of that team. You know, they had a lot of players that um, cracked double figures. And so you, you do need goals coming from all angles. And that's why it was great Mark McGuinness got on the score sheet last weekend, when you think about it, as that's the first time a centre-half has scored um, this season. So, yeah, you know, I, think, I think it gives the opposition so much to worry more to worry about you know if you're reliant on say a striker to score the goals then you think oh, okay you know we'll, we'll double up on him try and keep him quiet and then if we stifle his threat then we're going to stop the opposition from scoring whereas Wednesday this is it you can stop Windass but then there's Barry Bannon and then mm. oh okay you know, if you keep Windass or Bannon quiet there's Smith and Gregory and then if you keep them quiet it's Wilkes, it's Mighton. You know, it goes on and on and on. So um, I, I think, yeah, the sort of team dynamic that Darren Moore's been able to create there of where so, you know, loads of players contributing. You know, Liam Palmer had that spell, didn't he, earlier on in the season? You know, he's got three goals too, you know, where we were lauding him for the way he was bombing forward from right yeah. wing back. And so, yeah, I, it doesn't concern me at all. You know, as, as long as it you know, carries on going, at the moment, it doesn't look like the goals are going to dry up at any stage. And that's crucial. That's what you want. Final thing just to touch on, and, and this is just to, to kind of, you know, set the scene on what the situation is. What's the latest with FDB contract talks and all that? Ah, <sighs> Nice, easy question for the for, to wrap yeah. up the... Uh, I know we should teeth me up with that one before. Um, it, it seems it's as you were, really. Um, about over a month ago now, Darren Moore said that they were in advanced talks and they were getting into the nitty-gritty and the finer details and that he was very confident it was going to get done. It's dragging on. Um, and the reality is, Wednesday have been in talks with Dede Bashiru now for over six months. And it should never have got to this point. This contract should have been signed, sealed and delivered for me last season. I know he's taken his game to another level this year, but we still saw in flashes what he was capable of last season. Um, you know, at Cambridge where he scored and there were maybe half a dozen, 10 matches where you looked at Dede Bashir and thought, oh, look, look at the raw talent. He's, you know, he, he, if he can get everything together, what a player he's going to become. And then Darren Moore, the coaching team, they've done a tremendous job to get Dede Bashir to the level he's at now where they've pushed him further forward. And, you know, you look at him and you think, what a talent. You know, he's not played great in the last two matches. He could have scored two or three goals. And the, the way he's going, he, he could end up this season being, you know, a player that gets 10 to 15 goals. And, and that's not unrealistic. Um, but the longer it goes on, James, to answer your question, um, the more worried I get that mm. he's not going to stay. And I, I do sort of feel as if it should have got done now. And... There'll be a lot of factors, and uh, your finance, um, Delhi Bashiru. You know, you've got to say the power is in the players' hands right now. Yeah, he has put himself in the shop window. So, is Delhi Bashiru and his representatives are they looking at it and thinking, 
we'll wait to January, assess our options. In January, you could get foreign teams coming in, trying to you know, sort out a pre-contract, look at Liam Shaw, Celtic, let's not forget that one. Yeah. And um, so it's a, I think it's a bit of a precarious situation Wednesday find themselves in and it's a little bit of their own making and it shows they've still got a bit to learn really when it comes to nailing down their top talent and ensuring that they don't leave and if he does leave he'd be leaving for pittance it wouldn't be a lot of money would it and Wednesday will have had a big hand the last two years in making him reach his potential so I hope I answered your question a little bit there. I, at the moment, it's just as you were, talks are ongoing yeah. and there's not, I've still not heard anything to suggest that it's close and, and that to me is a worry, you know, when talks have been going on for a long, long time now. Fair enough. Thank you, Dom. Uh, that's going to wrap us up then for um, this podcast. Thank you to our partners at Title or Solicitors, specialists in wills, trusts and probate. Um, if you want to get in touch with Ollie, um, he's available for evenings, weekend, home appointments across South Yorkshire. Head to titolaw.co.uk, T-Y-T-O-L-A-W.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. The show, of course, is at Dom and James. You can find loads of other links on our website and in the show notes for this episode as well. Thanks for listening. Up the three-headed horse, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 